yeah, here we are. Yeah. And so I thought since it's a cold, dark night, I would begin with a little story. How would that be? Would that be okay? And, um, and then we can have a sitting, and then we'll have an exchange. But we'll begin tonight with a story. And so I, I was asked to, uh, I'm speaking at the Ruben tomorrow, and I chose an illustration of a dragon because I'm supposed to talk about generosity. And I thought, I wonder if I can link those two things. How can I link a dragon with generosity? But a bodhisattva just seems so obvious. So I was thinking, instead of being scholarly, I think about things that frighten us, things that terrify us, that we just don't want to see. So after some reflection, um, I remembered this story from Western tradition that long, long ago, and I think it was this season, King Arthur was feeling very melancholy, as many of us do during the holidays. And off he went on a hunting expedition and decided to separate from the retinue of knights and pages and servants that accompanied him everywhere. He had that feeling that he wanted to go off and be by himself. Have you ever had that feeling? I just want to be alone. So he wandered off and found himself in the depths of a haunted forest, a place that was forbidden. And he went deeper and deeper and deeper until he beheld a terrifying night. It didn't look human. He looked frightening and huge and, and deadly. And the night wielded a terrifying big axe. And he approached Arthur, but said, you know what? I'm not going to kill you. Instead, I'm going to pose a question to you. And if you can find an answer to the question, come back here in one year's time and tell me the answer. And I'll spare you. Otherwise, I will haunt your dreams. And you'll never know when I strike. And the, the question is this. What do women really want? So you might think that this night was Sigmund Freud. No, no. It was a big mythic night. So anyway, Arthur had no idea what the answer was. But he was determined to find it. So 
he asked and asked and thought until he got tired of it. As we all know that experience of just, I'm distracted, I'm tired of this quest. Until in another state of being kind of sad and splitting off, he found himself lost in the haunted forest again. Do you know that feeling? You just end up in that thicket. And this time, he came upon a dragon-like woman riding upon a beautiful horse, a terrifying figure. And her name was Dame Ragnow. And she, she was just so forbidding. She, she was everything we fear. And she said, don't worry, don't worry. I will help you. I know what you seek. If you give me the hand of Sir Gawain, and who was one of Arthur's knights and his nephew, and then Arthur said, okay, okay, okay. And he said, this is what women seek. Sovereignty. Just that word. No explanation. So back, back he goes to the castle, his life spared yet again. And he gives Gawain the choice. And, you know, I will seek my fate. I will face it if you don't want to do this. Queen said, no, I will do it. I am an honorable knight. So Gawain is married off to this hideous dragon-like woman. And, and on the wedding night, um, this fearsome, fearsome presence of a woman says, I'll understand if you don't want to kiss me, but could you just give me a little kiss? And, and Gawain, being incredibly noble, I know how this sounds, says, oh, I'll do much more than kiss you because I am a noble knight. I will fully honor my wedding vows. And gives her a kiss, and at that, she turns into a beautiful woman. And, and Gawain is taken aback, and, and she said, listen, listen, would you, I will give you a choice. I can be like this during the day, and I'll turn back into being an ugly hag. That's how she's portrayed a hag at night. Or... I will be an ugly hag during the day, and I will turn into a beautiful woman at night. Which one do you want? And Sir Gawain said, you choose. And at that, she became beautiful all the time. And the point of the story from a Dharma point of view is that this word sovereignty, sovereignty means to live from the inside out. That what we're doing when we practice is slowly, slowly, slowly coming home 
to the sensation of being present instead of living so often through our thoughts of how we appear or how we perform or what other imagined people might think. Instead of that, to have a feeling for our lives. And, and again, another way of looking at it, which I find deeply true, is that this work of seeing, seeing with acceptance, with loving acceptance means that very moment when your ego comes up and it's at its squirmiest, when you feel the most awkward that everybody else belongs here, but there's something a little bit about me that I just don't quite fit. Or I have thoughts that are so unpermissible or feelings, things that just really need to be ironed out. Something that we're, we keep ourselves apart, but that the real practice is to embrace this ego, to see it, not to indulge it, but also not to punish it or resist it, to see it, to hold it in loving acceptance. So that no matter what's coming up, it could be some vindictive impulse, really toddler-like, and it's like ferocity, and are, are just so needy. Just please tell me I'm lovable, or something nice about whatever the ego is doing to embrace that in stillness so that it can begin to unravel and transform and show you the hurt under the turmoil, show you what wishes to be healed. And moment by moment, we begin to discover that its presence, our loving presence, that heals. Our willingness to see without judgment that transforms. And that all around us, in every culture, there are legends about this transformation taking place. In the Inuit culture, there's a story of a fisherman that pulled up a net full of bones that had been a woman. And at first, his impulse was to turn away from this painful, torturous sight and just leave it on the beach. But instead, he lovingly put the bones right. He carefully assembled them. And you guessed it, also turned into a beautiful woman. 
I'm going to begin my search for beautiful men appearing. Of course, there's the story of the frog turning into a beautiful man. But it's seeing and with loving attention that transforms without any push to do anything or do any fixing. Just our willingness to be with that jumble or that, that fire-breathing dragon just for a moment or that ego that pops up. Can I be with this? Can I be with this with total loving acceptance and see what might open, what might blossom from this, what might appear? So let's sit together. And take a comfortable seat. And let your eyes close. If you can have closed eyes, it's best. Otherwise, avert your gaze. And just notice how it feels to be here. You're in your own space, but you're also with friends, fellow seekers, just like you. And notice how the attention itself begins to relax the body. And you can be very simple. If you wish, you can start at the top of the head and let the attention melt like butter from the top of the head. And the face to the neck and shoulders. Feeling the weight of the arms, the hands, feeling the hips and the legs as they attach to the hips. The knees calves, ankles, and feet. Then taking in an impression of the whole body, its gravity. Allowing 
yourself to be exactly as you find yourself this evening. And notice that when you get taken by thinking that this is completely natural, the mind loves to be entertained, to know, to think, just like the lungs like to breathe. And that when we see this, we can gently bring the attention back to sensation, to the feet on the floor, to the hips and the shoulders. Notice that there's a stillness that surrounds you, that's inside and outside. And that there's an awareness present that isn't thinking and judging, but seeing. Open, accepting. Notice that there's a presence here.
There is a life inside you that we forget. That's very sensitive, resonant, responding to impressions without thinking, just sensing, perceiving, present. And see that when you go off into thinking or drift off into dreams, you can notice this with no judgment and gently come back again to the sensation of being in a body. Noticing that this quiets you, but also opens you. Opens you to life. Right here, right now. No matter where you go in your thinking, you can come home again to sensation 
and be received by a light of attention that doesn't judge, that allows everything to be present, to be seen. Notice how it feels to be sitting with other people. Sharing this presence. This movement of coming home to sensation. And opening to what is. You can come home anytime, anytime, and be welcomed by this stillness, this presence.
Meditation is a movement of return to sensation and also a movement of allowing, of seeing with acceptance. open without judgment. Even about our judgments. When you get lost in thought or feeling, just come home to sensation. Allowing yourself to be seen by an attention that accepts. that has loving interest in everything.
Notice how it feels to sit in presence. A presence that allows everything to be completely acceptable, completely natural. Letting yourself rest in stillness. In an awareness that doesn't judge. Noticing that you can come back to the body anytime it waits for you. Sensation waits. And presence waits.
thank you for your practice. Um, it's so, it's like a quiet little miracle to me that we're on Zoom and yet one can feel what it's like to sit with other people still, to, to come back to themselves and share something. So if anyone has um, an observation or a question about the practice, um, I, we'd love to hear it. Yes. You have to unmute yourself. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to throw some thoughts about how to take this to the next step, how to look at, you know, that tendency that I have, which I do have some judgment about in, I don't, you know, I reality, we realistically think it's not such a great habit, um, but it is what I do. And yet then there's a choice of, of choosing to choosing where to control though. I can control where I put my attention, which sen which sensations to put my attention on. So I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we can all relate to, you know, is, and the, this might seem like such an understated um, response, but the practice is really to see, mm -hmm. to see what arises. And there's such a temptation. We want to get out of pain. We want to get out of suffering. And it feels kind of, counterintuitive or kind of radical to say, just see, see how your attention races to, you know, that when hurt comes up, it's like a wound. When this big gaping loss comes up, attention races to it. Just like to staunch the bleeding. And the practice is really just to see all of that. And to just see, and again, I can't emphasize enough. Some of you might disagree with me because I bring it up so often, but that it's a practice of moments that just for a moment, even in the midst of great emotional pain, even when sorrow arises in most wrenching loss, we can allow ourselves to be with that for just a moment and just that just to be with it i can be with the state or the state of all my attention is going to my pain mm -hmm. i can be with that for a moment without trying to fix it or level myself out or just just that it's i can trust for just a moment that it's my presence that will heal that is healing just that so that's what i have to say and that it's just so helpful to remember that this is it we're not, it, it's happening here and now. When we sit down together or alone, 
and bring our attention back to our experience right now. Willing to open. This is it. The practice of coming back to presence and allowing ourselves to be seen is what leads us to, it transforms and liberates. Just that. So don't get fancy. <laughs> Thank you. And of course we do. We will. <laughs> the mind does. Hey, Tracy. Um, I just wanted to mention that I had the uh, great fortune of playing Dame Ragnall in a play. We did the story of Sir, uh, Sir Gawain and Dame Ragnall. And um, you finally gave me a definition of sovereignty that made sense to me because I looked in dictionaries. I was like the knights looking up what did, what did women want and what did that mean? Uh, the word so living from the inside out makes finally sense after 20 years thank you very much <laughs> and, um, so um that's about it <laughs> thank you. yeah well thank thank you for bringing that up and the, it's interesting this word sovereignty because we think of sovereign nations and recognizing someone's right to exist and and think about that that, that it means that we see we see you or we see ourselves and that rather than our existence being determined by some overlord or some other power, we ourself, in Buddhism, they talk about self-liberation and self-transformation. That, that, and again, just for moments, and these conditions that we're living in right now, are perfect for this because we're at home a lot and we're outside of, of our normal routines. And we have these moments where we can really practice, not just on the cushion, but when we're cooking or just Picking out our sweatpants for the day, you know, or, you know, in the quietest way, allowing ourselves to be just like this, bestowing ourselves sovereignty that my life consists of small moments that I'm forsaking this perpetual mental quest and allowing myself to be worthy and present and enough, just like this, making a cup of tea or petting my cat 
or my dog are just in this single moment of return, granting myself sovereignty and freedom from, oh, I have to look beautiful in the street and then I can come home and be my inner hag. <laughs> but we're giving ourselves our full permission to be beautiful inside and out, just like this. Sovereignty. So I'm delighted to have Lady Ragnall in the room. <laughs> she was glad to be here. <laughs> Tracy, hi, Susan, hi. Um, one of the things that's coming up these days and pretty regularly with your meditations is um, I am, oh, I am noticing that I get kind of a little queasy and that that is my um, go-to that, that I think it just, underneath I can feel emotion, I can feel feelings and um, it just think I think it's really hard for me, and so I'm getting kind of a little nauseous, a little queasy, and I think that um, that's a good thing for me. I mean, not to judge it too much, but um, it, it, every like you talk about moments, you know, moments, and so there's the moment like I can sense lots of emotion, and that's okay, right? I mean, but I just. I just guess I wanted to get your thoughts on that, the somatic, feeling the somatic stuff. I think I'm getting closer to, when you talk about acceptance and love, loving yourself without judgment, I think that's so foreign from the way I grew up that I'm just, um, you know, I'm older now, so it's been a long time since I grew up, but I mean, since I was living at home, but it's deep trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to be able to, keep moving towards that authenticity. Right, right. So um, wisdom and compassion, always. Um, and so um, you're taking care of yourself while you sit. So all kinds of things can come up in the body. It can be queasiness. People can shake sometimes. And we can have somatic responses. The body can respond in a way that we don't even name as an emotion. And so all kinds of things can happen. And all kinds of feelings can come up. And all kinds of sensations can come up. So your job, if you forgive the expression, is to say, okay, this is arising right now. And without any kind of striving or straining, you're bringing an attitude that's relaxed and interested. And you're not pushing for it to reveal itself, what it's concealing. But just right now, just for this moment, and if it gets too strong, you just drop it and come back to the sensation of the feet. Or, you know, if that, everything is too overwhelming, try walking meditation. 
So your governing attitude is one of a kind interest in relaxation. And just let it take, it's taking, it's going to take as long as it take, takes. If it takes a year, if it takes 10 years, you're going to give it this attitude of spaciousness and loving kindness. The loving kindness is the very thing that is the core piece of it. Like that loving kindness is authentic. It's real. And it's kind of foreign. It's, it's, it's wild. And <laughs> it's new for a lot of us. And especially, I mean, and wheeziness is one thing, but this is applicable also to rage mm -hmm. and anger. And um, I'm not saying indulge it, express it, but definitely embrace it. It deserves your love, queasiness deserves your love. Anger deserves your love. Hurt deserves its, your love. It's all of these creatures, all of these beings are revealing themselves to you. And it's very much like sitting in a forest. One time many years ago, um, I sat in a forest with this tracker slash philosopher, David Abram. And he just sat there, and then, and then eventually creatures would come out, and he would sing to them, and they would draw close. And our practice is very much like that. We're the haunted forest, the enchanted forest. We are. And as we learn to be still and open, and take root in sensation. Creatures and answers will appear. And it's almost time to stop. And I want, before we dedicate our practice, since the theme tomorrow is generosity, I want to thank you for coming here and for the generosity of your practice and for all the ways that you're generous. And those of you who give donations and smile and you're, you're just willing to give in so many ways and offer my deepest gratitude and love for that. And, and we take our seats together. And put two hands in our heart space if we wish to, which is a way of joining with people from all times and traditions who have sought to wake up. And we offer ourselves our gratitude for this practice and for our generosity and wishes. And we don't keep it just for ourselves, but we share it 
with everyone, everyone here in all directions, every creature, every plant, our animals, our friends, our family, living and dead. Opening our hearts to the whole world, we offer the wishes, may we all be safe and protected from harm and danger. May we all be well as we feel that. May we all find the resources we need and the practices and the help to come home to presence. May we be at ease in our lives. And may we be free in all ways, free. Thank you. Deep bows to you for your practice. Take good care of yourself and others. And thank you for your generosity, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you again. We'll get through this together. Mm -hmm. Take good care.